here we are, and welcome uh, to Freightonomics this week. I am head of freight market intelligence, Zach Strickland, here with chief economist Anthony Smith, uh, and we're here to provide you with economic activity as well as that freight market uh, data and analytics that we provide here so well, and also discuss kind of some relevant topics. Uh, The topics of the day, of course, earnings season is upon us, Anthony Smith, and you know that I like to nerd out over some earnings, uh, former financial analyst, uh, you know, income statements, uh, they they do me just fine, but there are some numbers behind the scenes that you definitely have to look into to get the full picture. The earnings will tell you whether something's right or wrong, but they won't necessarily tell you why uh, things are right or wrong. So we've been talking about how a lot of these carriers need to see this market coming. Brokers, same thing. A lot of them have already felt it, but a lot of the large carriers have been relatively immune to the market fluctuations thus far. So we're going to break that down for you here in a little bit. But I think it's I think it's kind of a bygone conclusion at this point, right? Are we still debating whether or not the economy is slowing or no? Some people are. Some people are. So it, also, it's interesting because I, I knew it was earnings season. And like, you know, of course, we do some prep before the show. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I might be over prepping because <laughs> it's earnings season. And like, there's going to be a lot of stuff to kind of dive into. But it's it's interesting because there is this this like story of like, hey, things are still good because there's such a odd time. You know, you see these... Um, like offshoots of like, you know, positivity and yeah. strength. And so you want to cling to that and say, hey, there is a strength in the employment market. There's strength in this sector. There's strength in this market. So that defeats all, you know, notion of any type of weakness or recession potentially. And that, you know, a soft landing is still possible. And so it's very interesting to have like that mindset. And I'm not saying you're wrong, you're right for having any mm-hmm. kind of like logic around it. But, you know, from my perspective, we are definitely in a very much slowing trend. And it's concerning that we are in this slowing trend with so many of these other areas being so strong. Yeah, the jobs market, of course, you've named, but you've also talked about the jobs market showing cracks. Mm-hmm. If you get into the nuance of the data, a lot of times, Aggregate information can mask yeah. a lot of the underlying uh, support, the uh, structures that are failing. I mean, cracks in the infrastructure uh, are starting to form, I think, uh, in pretty visible fashion now that we've gone through a few earnings uh, calls and for Q3. Yeah. Um, keeping in mind that these earnings calls are re- kind of lagging. You know, we're talking about what happened in July here in October to an extent uh, because Q3 is that three-month period there. But yeah, I think that'll be, uh, there's some definite interesting stuff coming out of J.B. Hunt and Knight Swift's earnings that I want to dig into here in a little bit. But first up, Anthony. Is it time for the market in two? Two. In two? Okay. I only give two because that's right. about my attention span. Too. <laughs> uh, two minutes uh, to give you what you need uh, for this freight market update. So, Anthony, if uh, everybody's ready, count me in. Three, remember how. two, one, begin. All right. The first chart that we have here is our NTI, the National Truckload Index, uh, which is a measure of spot rates uh, and their directionality. And you can see they're not that interesting <laughs> over the last couple of months. Uh, We've been relatively flat in the spot market in terms of rates. Uh, Volumes are a different story, but rates for sure. uh, Sort of hitting a floor. And one of the questions I've had over the last couple of weeks is, how much further can they go? Well, looking at the NTIL, which removes the total uh, fuel cost estimate based on 6.5 miles per gallon, it looks like we're not quite on a floor just yet uh, in terms of market sentiment. There's still room to fall. That green line right there actually dipping down where the white line is going up. 
And it's because the white line includes fuel. Uh, so watch out. Fuel costs over the last few weeks have increased uh, and quite significantly and rapidly. So they are supporting uh, the spot rate, the nominal spot rate right now. But the market still says there's a little bit further to fall. However, I will argue that the stickiness of that green line right there uh, su- suggests that we're already at kind of a floor. And any further erosion is eating into margins and the, uh, and the ORs are going to go negative into the cost. Let's go to the next one, contract versus spot. Uh, Our next chart here, a lot of room for contracts to fall. We had a little bit of support in September. Not going to make a big deal out of that. That looks like a mix. Not a lot of implementations in September. We still have October. I think this index, you just can't sustain this differential. Uh, So uh, hold on. Uh, So this is still an actual support structure for these large carriers' uh, earnings throughout uh, at least the early part of Q4. So let's move to the next one. CLAV, contract load accepted volumes. This is the index that measures the accepted tender volumes only. A huge amount of a deterioration at the first part of October, but there is hope. And you look at the O-try, it's going down, but those accepted volumes are actually bouncing and recovering right now. Oh my, do we have a little bell at the end that you ended on? That uh, that was impressive (laughs) by you and the production team. Yeah, don't expect much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, that last chart is the is the ray of sunshine. Yeah. Uh, the CLAV accepted volumes. It's really a good measure of, uh, you know, how what are what are these contracted carriers feeling right now in terms of just demand, mm. uh, pure demand. Uh, and you can see, yes, there's been pretty bad deterioration this month, but the fact we hit a floor towards the end. Uh, and it's actually recovering mm. is a good positive signal. That is probably the biggest positive sign takeaway I can I can give anybody right now with our data at least. Uh, the fact there is some resilience left, and we're not all the way back to where we were in 2019 on yeah. that index. Okay, so we're looking at overall. So like the first couple of charts that you went into, I mean, we saw some deterioration. We've been seeing some deterioration for some time. Does that really kind of cause like, hey, all this makes sense? Where we can start looking at what these earning calls are saying right now. Yeah, the the CLAV is probably one of the better ones for a contracted carrier, Uh, these large fleets, because they're not, you know, they kind of transition out of the spot market. That's kind of their fringe activity, a lot of them. There's some that are pretty heavily spot oriented. But um, yeah, for the Knight Swifts of the world and and Schneiders and and, and these larger fleets, uh, most of their volume is handled under contract rates or long-term agreements with these larger shippers, Target, Walmart, Home Depot, et cetera. And, And so... When this index starts to fall, uh, you know, we kind of hit a ceiling last year. You can almost see the theoretical limit of how much they can actually handle uh, in that index. Uh, if you look all the way back to 2021, uh, fourth quarter of last year, it, you can see there was a threshold that was right, uh, you know, we're about 20, actually about 20% lower than that right now. So that's kind of the theoretical limit for how much they can handle. Uh, so there's a good bit of buffer in this in this market right now. And if it continues to erode, that's utilization. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not worried as much about those rates on the spot market. They're volatile, but that doesn't represent a huge portion of their volume. And uh, another thing I have to add real quick, uh, if you look, catch me looking down, I'm, I'm only being a little bit rude. I'm checking LinkedIn because we are streaming live if you're watching 12 Eastern Standard Time on this Thursday afternoon. And a shout out real, real quick to Roy Bain jumping in and joining the conversation. If you'd like to jump in, add some context, join the conversation, you have a point, anything like that, jump into the LinkedIn chat as well. Um, Roy Bain says, uh, the companies are dropping rates back to pre-COVID levels. Shippers got hammered during the pandemic, and now it's time for reset rates and carriers will see drops. 
Yeah, carriers are, they're definitely going to see contract rate drops. The spot market has already fully eroded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're already back. I think rates are already at a floor to an extent. The small carriers have already been feeling it. The large fleets have had some buffer and yeah. some room uh, to, to start feeling this. So let's dig into the news of the day. We've got some pretty relevant topics to cover. The majority of the show, obviously, is going to be built around some of these earnings calls. But first up, Greg Miller. Uh, writes an article, uh, container ship backlogs off ports finally winding down as imports fall. We have been talking about this. Uh, you know, we, Henry Byers called this back in May, yes. <laughs> June, I should say. Uh, imports falling off a cliff article. Yeah, hyperbolic, yes. But <laughs> at the same time, he was basically saying, hey, look, this is a relevant indicator of what you're about to see. Uh, And we've seen it in spot rates for the maritime side. We've already seen significant deterioration there. Uh, But it's just taken a little bit longer to manifest domestically. Uh, The customs data is kind of limited to the throughput. And this article covers exactly why the customs data has been relatively sticky Mm. uh, and resilient in the wake of the bookings volumes falling. This backlog that's occurring around Savannah, uh, it says Savannah, Georgia has the largest queue of 29 vessels waiting. They're clearing containers as fast as they can. It's a backlog, a traffic jam, but aggregate volumes are on the decline. And Savannah, I just checked, Savannah's import bookings are, they're they're down over the last month, but that throughput is not allowing them to recognize that decline just yet. And so this is interesting because, you know, you hear about Savannah, you hear about some uh, Charleston, some of the other East, so East Coast areas and Southeast areas really investing heavily right now into infrastructure to handle yep. all this capacity right now. Is this really kind of like, hey, of course, when you think about infrastructure investments, we always talk about, you know, months ago, years ago, it's going to take time to build that out. Do you think this infrastructure investment is going to be well served for them? Or you think it's like, hey, a little bit too late. And by the time, you know, it's going to be really... Uh, you know, in place, is it going to be too late or do you think it's still going to be beneficial for a lot of the volume to come in, in the upcoming years? I mean, it, it's not it's not the worst thing uh, they could do. I mean, obviously, this is how they're going to be able to grow in the future mm-hmm. and a good reason to invest in it. Get some alternatives and some options. Building out infrastructure is not a bad investment in general. Uh, however, it just depends on the cost uh, benefit, yeah. uh, you know, just like anything. And I obviously, they're going to be a little late to the game. Yeah. Um, the import booms uh, that we've seen over the last two years, probably not going to happen for the foreseeable future. Not saying ever again, but we're going through a pretty slow period. Uh, yeah, definitely check that article out. Oh, and that 29 container vessels waiting is down from 48 uh, in July. Uh, that Hapag Lloyd uh, reported there, but definitely check that out. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and bypass the FMCSA cancels emergency hours of service. That's interesting. It's it's an interesting take. Read the article. I think a lot of people are interested in it, but I, I want to leave enough time. Maybe if we have time at the yeah, end, yeah. We'll, we'll address it. The, it. the market's softening. The waiver canceling, I think, is going to be a relatively uh, non-event in the long run. Short term, maybe a little bit for agriculture, but uh, you know, Mary O'Connell, check out her clip on Freightways Now the other day. Uh, she she covered it pretty well. Uh, I want to get into these earnings, Anthony, Let's because it. you know it's my thing. <laughs> Let's do it. I know this is like Christmas season for it's, you. It comes like four times a year. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I love the financial figures uh, and what they tell us. Um, I start off with J.B. Hunt here. Uh, J.B. Hunt, an extremely well-run company, uh, you know, and a lot of people kind of, you know, I don't want to say falsely assume uh, that they are a trucking company, but they are they are more than that. <laughs> They've got a lot of offerings here. They're not, sim- actually, truckload is one of the smallest portions of their business for hire truckload. Uh, 
uh, as in the traditional sense. They have a dedicated division, which is huge. Uh, and that, and that and intermodal are really what they do. And dedicated truckload is simply basically just saying, you know what, we're going to allocate a percentage of our fleet for you as a shipper to use however you want. You can fill it up. You don't have to fill it up. You pay us a lump sum or a monthly fee or whatever, however they want to structure the agreement. And these are multi-year agreements in general. Uh, and it becomes like a pseudo private fleet mm. for the shipper. Uh, but it's at a fixed rate, but also it's at a fixed cost for the shipper. If they use the truck or not, they have to pay for it uh, type situation. And these, these two sectors really drove uh, the growth for JB Hunt. So their earnings per share uh, $0.12 cents ahead of analyst expectations uh, and $0.69 cents above year-ago quarter. Uh, and, of course, it's, it goes on to say that they, you know, intermodal and uh, dedicated drove a large percentage of this growth. Dedicated, of course, an extremely intelligent play mm. in this market because as things are easing, you lock in, like I said, multi-year agreements for dedicated. Uh, so you're, you're locking in rates that are close to the peak. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a great maneuver right now. It's a hedge fund right. of, of allocating your fleet. You know, you're going into, it's what everybody's trying to do in the financial market right now. Go into CDs, go into, you know, bonds and, and things that are anti, uh, you know, counter to the market. Right. Very safe. Uh, not going to give you high returns, but they are relatively safe. Your utilization stays there. Allocate your fleet over to dedicated. It's a good move. Uh, up $200 million quarter over quarter. Uh, which is significant year over year, quarter over quarter, I should say. Uh, and I want to pull up the intermodal uh, stuff. So I've got an intermodal volume chart. Intermodal, of course, did quite well, uh, up $400 million, uh, $424 million. This chart right here really helps bring that into play. This is our outbound rail loaded container volumes for domestic containers, 48 and 53 footers, uh, uh, moving on the rail. And the white line there is connecting the two quarters. Uh, so you can see there's a pretty strong jump <laughs> year over year uh, in terms of volume. And that includes, Anthony, that dip in September, which was the rail strike. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So people forget how, how quickly people forget what happened uh, last year, which the rail service was really struggling last year. There was so much congestion. They shut down Chicago terminals, uh, domestic intermodal. They couldn't transload anything. It was just a complete mess. So that being said, we're actually having a bat, we're having a positive comp quarter. But why did they make so much money quarter over quarter as well? Well, not just the volumes that were actually lower than you would expect. Every just everybody just applies like this super hot freight market yeah. was applicable to everything. Actually, intermodal was not that great this time last year. Uh, but that orange line that I have on there, that is the average contract rate per mile for intermodal. And that's that's even higher. That's even a better year-over-year uh, -year comp. So they got all these rate increases, their volumes recovered. This is uh, kind of a, I'm not going to say a red herring because it's true that they, they've improved, but you're comparing the volumes at least to an artificially low uh, situation and the intermodal uh, contract rates, probably not going to go much higher, but they're get, this is basically the best comp situation they could get. And, and what do you what are your thoughts around the equipment side? So one of the highlights here, nearly 2,000 additional trucks were in service on average uh, in the quarter compared to a year ago. Yeah, and that's for the dedicated yeah. uh, side of things. It's 
you know, oh, and but their truckload sector did grow. But a lot of that truckload sector, we covered that for their Q2 earnings, actually leased. Uh, these are these are leased on uh, owner operators. So it's not their true assets. Gotcha. Uh, so, but they did grow the dedicated division a, a good bit. So that's 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 a positive. Um, and then, of course, the brokerage uh, numbers were positive. But I, I want to read a few quotes here. Uh, Further evidence has presented itself over the course of the quarter that requires an increased level of caution and awareness on broader demand trends uh, and economic activity. So. To your, you know, your your side of things, they're basically saying, "Watch out! Yeah. We we know we're catching a, a bit of a, you know, tailwind here." They're definitely nervous about it. And then, of course, the uh, the bro- the brokerage sector ICS division, uh, we're just navigating this current environment the best we can. It's a fight out there for volume in the brokerage space, says Brad Hicks, president of Highway Services. Uh, and again. It's a volume play at this point. Their their uh, their revenue came down uh, seventy five mil uh, quarter over quarter, year over year. So it's their margins are still good. Uh, their margins actually are quite high, uh, but their their revenue, so their volumes uh, are starting to come down in our row because there's no spot market activity. Yeah. We already knew that. And and this mm-hmm. is something that they've been prepping. I think mm-hmm. they they've been making the right moves for quarters now, and yeah. and it's it's always impressive to see how they're moderating and and, and shifting in this shift in the market. Yeah, it's, but they've got a great book of business. It doesn't like, just because I'm saying they had a tailwind this month doesn't mean you should just sell JB Hunt uh, by any means. They are, they are well equipped to go into this. They're doing the right things. Uh, I give them a thumbs up. They deserve uh, the pat on the back for sure. Even though, don't get too excited. <laughs> it's not. It's not the economy's not turning. Yeah. Uh, they are just managing it quite well, and they also are getting a little bit of a boost from the market itself uh, on the intermodal side, and they're making the right decision on dedicated. And on the other side, we have a, a miss here, and an, and another uh, company. Sell, sell, no. <laughs> uh, Night Swift miss expectations. I don't. I don't make much of missing expectations at this environment. This is an extremely challenging environment to predict. Um, you have to know a lot of things about what's going on, and and nobody knows what's about to happen next. So I certainly don't punish them for uh, missing their earnings here. But let's dive into the details here. A few quotes I want to read out here. It's rare that you go into a fourth quarter and not see some type of seasonal uplift in projects and spot opportunities. Uh, there's We typically get some of these large kind of difficult projects to handle, and they typically pay a premium. None of that stuff materialized. So Night Swift saying not seeing the same environment. And we, we see that in our data, of course. Uh, Night Swift did have uh, a pretty a relatively decent revenue growth quarter over quarter. And of course, bids can buffer that a little bit. And I think it is, that is a little bit concerning that it wasn't as strong uh, in terms of revenue. So I think they have been seeing some some volume. Really what uh, stands out to me is their deadhead percentage still climbing. It was climbing early on. You could get away with that mm. uh, in you know the pandemic era, if you will, but up uh, 130 basis points from 13.5 to 14.8%. So they're having to drive further with no revenue uh, hooked to their trailers. Um, loaded miles per trailer also down, obviously. Uh, loaded miles way down. Uh, and you know, just the fundamentals just show them easing. The adjusted OR for the truckload sector uh, up 400 basis points from 77.8 to 81.8. And I think that was a great point that you made earlier is that that 
what you could get away before get away with before earlier on in the year and, mm-hmm. and last year aren't going to be the same things that you can do this year. That doesn't just go for you know large companies. It's especially true for medium size and even owner operators as well as you're looking at the shifting market. You can't do the same thing that you were doing right. previous quarters. Oh yeah, and that's this is defense defensive uh, mode right here. They know that is they knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can feel it now. They're OR. Again, dropping to an 81, uh, or I say increasing to an 81 from a 77. Uh, That's a big jump. It's an alarming jump. Mm. But I mean, the amount, the fact that we're even still talking about an 81 OR, there, there's, there's a lot of room here. Uh, They've got some, some room to breathe, uh, even as the market kind of fades on them. Now, big call out. Knight Swift has made acquisitions. uh, Obviously, buying Arcvest here, or not Arcvest. Triple A, uh, mm-hmm. Cooper, there in uh, last year, and we finally have the year-over-year comps. Uh, huge growth here, thirty-three percent year-over-year revenue, excluding fuel uh, jump in the LTL side of things. Uh, shipments per day up, uh, weight per shipment up, or uh, no, that's slightly down actually. But that their comps here are extremely positive for the LTL sector, and we've been talking about the LTL sector my old stomping ground, having a tailwind uh, longer than the truckload sector. We've got a few things going for it. One, let's pull up this chart that I have, TL versus LTL. Uh, These are the contract rates uh, for van uh, truckloads versus LTL, less than truckloads, contracts, and a uh, revenue per hundred weight. It's a lot more volatile because freight mix (laughs) and LTL is, is much more dependent on density and weight and and miles driven. So you have a lot of spikes here, but the overall trend is still to the high side. They're able to get rate increases. They're, they're, it's a slower cycle for them to feel the truckload uh, changes. And you see the contract rates for truckload there in white, not falling as that fast just yet. So it takes about six to nine months for LTL to actually start reacting and feeling a lot of these truckloads. Now, beyond that, mm. there's structural uh, things for the LTL market, such as the warehousing space, there isn't any. (laughs) What are you gonna do? You gotta buy smaller stuff uh, to get to that storefront. All this old inventory, you gotta navigate around it. What's the best way to do that? Expedited and LTL. And and, and what about, can you also talk to about uh, just shifting goods from warehouse to warehouse to warehouse? Is that also gonna be a big factor here? Yes, and a lot of what we're seeing right now is these just upstream warehouse movements. Uh, We've seen the short haul stuff really increase over the last year. This is inventory management central right now. Uh, People are basically, you know, trying to just move stuff into the right places, old inventory and the new inventory. That's what's driving a lot of the freight volume right now, honestly, is that upstream stuff because replenishment's still a thing, uh, long-haul volumes are still up relatively decent. They're holding pretty strong. But that tweener, those loads that are moving between about 250 to 800 miles, it's kind of fizzled out. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. We're talking about inventory levels because inventory levels still up, still very much elevated. Of course, that's going to mean warehouse capacity tightens up, warehouse prices get you know uh, higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And the big thing about it when we're thinking about inventories, of course, we talked about upstream inventories piling up. When we're looking at manufacturing, industrial production, mm-hmm. they're still very much elevated, and yeah. we're seeing new orders get canceled now. Potentially, cancel orders. They're we getting canceled. We're seeing such a lag in terms yeah. of activity here. Like we're seeing a lot of quick stuff. We have obviously very fast data mm-hmm. that we look at every day, uh, and and we're kind of like, oh oh, there it is. There's the movement. There's the movement, but 
operationally, it takes time for these things to kind of stroll through the, uh, the system. I wanted to have one quote here, and this is the most telling quote of this entire article. Todd Maiden does a great job covering these, uh, these earnings. I highly suggest you read them. CEO Dave Jackson said, we expect meaningful, attractive acquisition opportunities over the next few quarters. Read between the lines, Anthony Smith. <laughs> Tell me that that doesn't say this market has deteriorated yeah. and we expect it to really hit these small fleets hard. Yeah, I think that's exactly that's spot on. And mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it's just so much congestion and, and so little to kind of, so little meat on the bone to grab from it. And mm -hmm. I think you put it in a very eloquent way <laughs> on the call here. Uh, but one of the other big things I think people are looking at, especially with all the congestion going on, is still, we, we've got to get Zach Rogers on here. Oh, yeah. um, I think we have it set up. <laughs> and, and I think we're going to get him on soon. But work in process goods as well, also clocking yes. up inventories as well as finished goods. And I think that's going to be a big aspect for a lot of folks. And especially when we look at automotive and things like that, mm -hmm. those industries, we're seeing waves of stuff come out, then you don't hear anything, then waves of stuff come out again. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be that work in process that also throws a lot of folks for loops. Yeah, we're already, I mean, automotive is still having, you know, a little bit of a tailwind here. Yeah. They've been a slow to react, like an industrial kind of mini boom that we saw at the end of the pandemic era uh, is still working its way through the system. So yeah. you really have to, there's a lot to know. <laughs> there's a lot to understand about this transitioning space. So, Zach. For the good folks watching us, Let's do it. they're used to us being on at 12 Eastern Standard Time at on Thursdays. But we're moving to 11.30 in our next episode. Yep. So if you're used to watching us at noon, just move it up 30 minutes. Potentially, we appreciate it. But we'll be starting at 11.30 next time. You can still download it on your favorite podcast uh, player or YouTube yeah. and whatnot. But that's, that'll do it for us for this week. Y'all have a great week and uh, hang in there. Okay. <laughs>